Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Welcome in. Welcome back to the Denver Sports Podcast, the DNVR Sports Podcast, whichever you prefer. We are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. I am your host once again, Jesse Montano, joined by my good friend, AJ Hayfley. AJ, we had some plans for a little bit of a bigger panel, but DNVR is currently the international and we just got people like all over the world. So we were that Will Smith meme. We looked up and it was just you and me standing here. Word. So you and I are here. Thank God I have you because you are probably the most well-versed multi-sport uh, anal- or, uh, analyst that we have. And AJ, we are here to talk today about the best Denver athletes under 25 Uh And really, it's just a list of people all trying to compete with one person. Uh, But we will get there. Uh, AJ, I've got a list of four guys that I think are kind of like the big four. Do you have more than four? Just kind of, you don't need to necessarily list them. Like more than four off the top of your head right now that are, these are guys playing professional in Denver right now that are under 25 that you think are worth talking about? Uh, I've got... Let me see. I've got two abs, two Broncos, two Nuggets, and one Rocky. Ooh, you have a Rocky. Yeah, okay, so that was actually when we were putting... Soon to be two Rockies. When we were putting this together, Dre and I were laughing, talking about like, ooh, who could we get from HP? He goes, yeah, and I honestly don't know if you need any of the Rockies guys there. So I'm glad you have a couple. Um, yeah, and actually, you know what? I feel like a total... A total dummy. I do have one more from the abs. And then I've got like an alternate for the abs that I want your opinion on if he falls into the criteria. But unless you have any objections, I'm going to start with the Broncos. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Um, so I- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with Jerry Judy. Uh, okay. Just because I think he's kind of... He's the, he's the high skill, high upside, really flashy... Uh, you know, piece in that wide receiver room uh, coming out of Alabama. I mean, the, the route running is, is the thing that grabs your attention that I remember people saying before he'd even played an NFL game, this may be the best route runner in the national football. Yeah. And uh, what's really betrayed him, some injuries have gotten in the way uh, in his hands. Uh, too many, too many drops early in his career, and then it looked like he was getting it going a little bit, um, and then injuries. Also, just uh, look, it's a problem for all the wide receivers in Denver right now. Uh, but quarterback play has just not been good enough. 
right uh to the point where you just you, you don't feel uh the last couple of years it's hard to it's hard to get really hyped on a wide receiver when you're like good good, good luck getting the ball to that guy because <laughs> your quarterback sucks right but Jerry Judy is is uh, I guess if we're counting Judy, I guess I have three Broncos. Um, oh, okay. So with with him, um, I, I mean, he is a guy that right now it's more unrealized potential, but is certainly a guy that has has that that ability to break out and could be, you know, one of the first guys that you thought about when the Broncos went and traded for Russell Wilson. Is you're like, yeah, Cortland Cortland Sutton, especially as a guy that goes and. Uh, is is great on the deep ball, which is where Russell Wilson has made hay his entire career. Yeah. But also Jerry Judy, you look at those two guys and you're like, those are two guys. Those are the two happiest guys in the world right now. Nice. Um, and then with Tim Patrick being the other one, but you know he's hurt and Cortland Sutton's too old for this pod, so it's all about Jerry Judy. Uh, <laughs> Ju- Judy is certainly one of the guys that I mean he needs that breakout because they did give deals to Sutton they did give deals to to, to Patrick they they are deep at the wide receiver position mm-hmm. um, Judy needs to separate himself he this is the year he there will be no excuses this year yeah. uh, he needs to stay healthy and he needs to be productive and if he can do all those things like he looked like he was going to be the next great Bama wide receiver yep and you know, following following in the steps of the of a Julio Jones, I he still has that kind of potential. Well, dude, uh, I mean, he should I'm... still he should still get there. And now with Russ, he has to. Right. I mean, I've made the joke before. Literally, just watching Jerry Judy run routes hurts my knees. Like, like oh the dude, God, the, right? The dude's the dude's explosive, and he's got athletic ability that that is unique, and that you don't see even among wide receivers. But to your point. He, he does need to take that next step. He's got the potential, but when they brought, when they drafted him, you know, there's a lot of people that talked about, yes, the quarterbacks have struggled, but you've got to give him some receivers to, to throw to. You've got to give him some talent out wide. Well, there was a big injection of talent. Then to your point, his hands betrayed him a little bit. Um, I don't know if betrayed him, didn't have the hands. Um, and, and now it's reversed, right? You've gotten Jerry Judy, the support. So can you now take the ability, the route running, the speed, the agility? Can you get the hands to be there now that you've got a quarterback that, like you said, I mean, I remember seeing the videos two weeks after the Broncos acquired Russell Wilson, Jerry Judy going out to California at Russell Wilson's uh, you know, house or whatever it was to, to run routes with him. Like the, the pieces are there for this kid to realize the potential uh, if he can, 23 years old. Yeah, I mean, he has the ability to be a top ten wide receiver in the NFL, and it's really just up to him to put all the pa- all the pieces together. Um, because he can he can be, and if the Broncos are going to be competitive and ever beat the Chiefs again, he has to. Yeah, and he has to do it consistently too. Yeah. Um, so, so that's one player that you know, under 25, 23 years old, Jerry Judy, who I think you are still really waiting for that next step. Um, this is the one player that I'm sure you and I have overlap uh, in terms of the Broncos. Uh, Pat Sertan. Oh. Um, uh, 22, I believe, or 20, 22? I yeah. 22 years old. Uh, last year was his rookie year. And while he wasn't a pro bowler, he was one of the ones that many people thought was a big snub. What a rookie year for, uh, for PS2. Yeah, he may not he may not have been a pro bowler, but he will be a lot in the future. Mm-hmm. Um he's no no offense to Talib, um, to Akeem Talib, but I think he when when Sertan is done, whenever his his Broncos career comes to an end, I think he will be the best Broncos corner since Champ Bailey. Yeah. But he does he does continue a, a long run of excellence at the position where they had Champ. You know, for for such a short period, they had Darren Williams. Then they they had Chris Harris Jr. They had to keep to leap. Now they've got Pat Sertan to kind of carry that torch, and he is he has every he has all the makings of an absolute superstar at the position. The the yep. one thing in the NFL today is that offenses are so smart, they're so good that he'll lock down his side of the field. 
and he'll just take it away. That's all good. That's all well. You love that. But he just doesn't. He won't have the ability to make very many game-changing plays because they'll spend all game avoiding him. <laughs> right, right. Just just exposing the other side of the field. His rookie year uh, started 15 games of 16 that were on the NFL schedule last year. Uh, 58, uh, 58 tackles, four interceptions, and one pick six on those four. You know, AJ, it's so funny because you see – Across all sports, you see young guys come in that are really promising. We were just talking about Jerry Judy. Very promising. You see the upside, and there's a lot to be excited about. And you say, man, if he can put this, this, and you know these tools together, he's going to be great. What's so exciting about players like Pat Sertan and you know a couple other guys that we're going to get to on this list, especially when I think of the abs, is he came in and was a big-time impact player in his rookie year. Like, what he yeah. gave his rookie year was great. Let alone if he continues to build on it as a 22 year old, like you're really yeah. happy if you just get copy paste of what he did last year for the rest of his yeah. career, you know, he'll and get better. Honestly, if you can get, if that's his baseline level of performance, you're right. talking about a guy that could be a hall of fame kind of, kind of talent yeah. for you. Uh, if he can, if he can keep it up, you know, cornerbacks, the, the hard part is the longevity. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the amazing things about, Pat Sertan to me was that I think people got bored with him uh, when he was at Alabama because he was a top high school player. Tip top high school player gets recruited to Alabama, goes, starts his whole career at Alabama, is is on dominant defenses, is an exceptional college player. And I think I think NFL evaluators got bored with his excellence where they were just watching him and they're like, yeah, okay, like we we get it. He He's got great size. Uh, he's got great athleticism. He's incredibly well versed for the position, just being who he is, who his dad was. Um, he's he's coached up. He's got great football IQ. He's he's polished. He's mature. He takes it seriously. He puts the work in. He's the complete package. And I think that evaluators get bored when they see stuff like that because their job is to poke holes. Yeah. And the big hole that you could poke into Pat Sertan was that. He doesn't make a lot of explosive game-changing plays because he's so good right. at everything else that he just doesn't get very many opportunities to. But the one, like it's like the one thing, like when they throw to him, oh, he knocks the ball away, and they go to the next play, and you're like, right, weird. We, well, we, I mean, weird that you're going to hold against a guy that he does his job really well, and he gets to nine. He's not even the first corner selected because Carolina's dumb, right. and. And you're just like, are you for real with this? Like the Broncos, I thought the Broncos got incredibly fortunate when Jerry Judy fell to them. But when Pat Sertan happened, I was in disbelief. And everybody was obsessed with the with the quarterback stuff. But it overlooked what a special prospect, what a special player they had on their hands. And the rookie year really drove home. Oh, <laughs> maybe the Broncos did this the right way. Like maybe understanding like if Justin Fields goes on to become a hall of fame quarterback, one of those is a little more valuable than the other. And I, then I, you know, you can justifiably say should not have done that Denver, (laughs) but I think, I think the Broncos are going to end up being plenty happy with this situation. Uh, Especially if, if Russ gives them a number of good years, there's no longer going to be the comparison and the, what if Denver fans are just going to get to enjoy PS2, just being a dominant force in that defensive backfield. For a very long time. The the Russell Wilson thing's a good point because that makes it feel a lot better than yeah. you know, than if he just even if he was the same player, continue to be great, but if you didn't have that quarterback. Two things with what you said there. One, the Alabama thing. I, I want your opinion because I know we've talked about it. Again, obviously, you and I are hockey guys. We we are on the DNBR Avalanche shows and yeah. all that stuff. Um, you know, we we talk about it with guys that come from really stacked. Uh, you know, in hockey, a lot of it's major junior, not as much NCAA. Like, is that was this guy's draft year? Was it actually that good, or was it a benefit from playing with these other likely top ten, top five picks, whatever? Do you feel like Alabama maybe gets some of that same treatment on in in, in the football world? Where, yeah, like you said, Pat Sertan, yeah, he made every play, but he's playing for Alabama. They're just that much better. Do you think there's maybe a way that? people discount a little bit of how good players are because they play for Alabama or am I reading too much into that? 
Uh, I actually don't think that's the case. I mean, like, Pat Sertan still got drafted ninth overall, you know. Right, Jerry, right, right. Jerry Judy went, like, 15th. Yeah. Um, Alabama is producing, like, half the first round every single <laughs> year. You know, like, it's – they they I think I think they actually get overrated a little bit, and they become Ooh. harder to evaluate because their next two other NFL-caliber players, their whole college careers, yeah. they don't have – some of those guys struggle to stand out in some ways – that we see some of those guys that that drop to, to to the middle rounds that maybe would have gotten drafted around higher had they not been next to first first round talent their whole <laughs> career. We are like Jesus. Christ, I'm trying to measure up to these guys, like, <laughs> you know, like like these yeah. guys are in, you know, and they go on to be to be good pros. Um, there aren't. I don't think at this point that there have been too many non-behavior or injury-related, like mm. big-time busts that have come out of it, and I think it's given that I think it's given the NFL a sense of security to be like, yeah, we'll just serve, draft a Bama guy. We can take Alabama, yeah. yeah. And then two, when you when you talked about just the way that he plays, the way that he defends, and it's not you know, use another abs joke, it's a little bland, right? But we talk about that. You and I have talked about that in terms of, of goaltending in hockey, right? Some of the best goaltenders are the ones that have to make the fewest flashy, flashy saves because yeah. they're in the right spot. They're doing the right things. It's the same thing here with Pat Sertan for me. When I watch as someone who's, you know, obviously we're, I'm di very dialed into hockey. I'm not as dialed in to, you know, the X's and O's of football, but it's, it's even someone that when I watch the Broncos on Sunday, I can watch Pat Sertan and be like, that dude's just making the right plays. He, yeah. he, 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 nothing crazy looks like it's happening on his side of the field because he's constantly in the right spot. He's constantly got the right body position. Obviously constantly is, you're never going to be constantly perfect in, in professional sports, but he's pretty know, close you know though. Saying. Like yeah. he's in, he's incredibly talented and where you are having that kind of conversation, like he's, he's that good, man. Yeah. Um, he he's probably my best under twenty five for the Broncos. Who who is the third that that you had that I did not have on my list? Uh, I I put in Javante Williams because okay he's he gonna, was the other one that I yeah he's gonna take he's gonna take over the number one running back. The, the problem is, is that running backs are I I this word has like such a negative connotation and I really don't mean it to. Um, so when I say when I say this, don't like recoil. But running backs are so disposable these days. Ooh that it's hard to get attached to one who's really good because you're like, Oh great. I'm going to really like this guy and I'm going to draft him in the top 15 of my fantasy football league. And then I'm going to lose and I'm going to have to spend 24 hours at a waffle house. You know, like it's uh like that kind of a thing. Like it's hard. It's hard to get attached to a guy like that. Uh, because you're, you're like running back scared the shit out of me. And, I just think I just think that he's he's gritty. Um, he's he's got that he's got the tough yardage. He's got the attitude. I think he's I think he has the opportunity to be a big big time breakout star, especially if they just turn the job over to him and they're like, look, uh, like all respect to Melvin Gordon and Mike Boone and anybody else they put <laughs> back there. Like, this is Javante's backfield. This is his job. This is his space. We're gonna let him really stretch. Uh, yep. Stretch his legs, do his thing, because I think he could be a star caliber running back as well. Uh, the the longevity and the way that the position is, it won't be. We're not, I'm not talking Hall of Fame. I'm not. I, I mean, like well, I'm talking like maybe a couple of Pro Bowl year Pro Bowl years here. Yeah. Um. But with with Judy and and uh, Sertan, especially Sertan, you're talking like the highest end. Like you're talking top five at their positions for an extended period of time. Dude, Javante Williams is because I'll be honest, like I didn't really know much about him the first couple times I saw him play. Uh, I, I I wasn't back with DNVR when when he first started playing with the Broncos. There was a guy that I worked with. I mean, he, he's he's kind of like you actually, but with football and baseball, like specifically, mm -hmm. um, where I mean, dude, he's just got this like rolodex of players that he knows and stats and all kinds of stuff. Um, and he would, he was telling me like, no dude, this, this Williams kid, like you can't bring him down. Like you just yeah. can't get him to the ground and, and you watch him. And that's the part to me that kind of separates him again. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how he, how his career shakes out here. Like you said, I don't want to get too, too in love with, with a player, especially a running back. 
Um, yeah. But I mean, dude, he does just seem to have that ability that you can't teach it to anybody. It's not a skill you can coach or learn. You just have to kind of have it. He's, he's a little bit smaller. He's got that low center of gravity. I mean, dude, how many highlights did we see that dude last year carrying three, four defenders for five plus yards? You just can't bring him down. And, and again, you can't teach that. You just have to have that. Yeah. So, uh, and in the, in the, the comment section, guys, uh, he says, I love miners too. Yeah. Like Quinn miners is the guy that's like, you love, you, you like love the personality. You love the toughness. Um, I don't, I I'm less sold on, uh, him to be, uh, like a high end player in his position, but I think he's got a chance to be a pretty good football player for a while. I fully expect he'll be a starter for the Broncos for a number of years, but I don't know that, you know. Like, can he be like a Dan Neal type where in Broncos lore, we're like, yeah, that guy ruled. I'd be all about something like that. You get hyped when you see the jerseys. Yeah, like I, I, I would be, I, I would love something like that. I don't even know if he has that kind of a future though. So Miners is like a big step down in terms of this conversation for, for now anyway. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other guys with the Broncos that looked like maybe they were trending, uh, you know, to really kind of be maybe bigger impact players. Um, than they have been at this point. Um, I think those are really kind of your big three under 25 that you can get really excited about. Like I said, there's a couple others sprinkled in here that, that you're okay with that you like, but Montreal Washington looks like a lot of fun as a, (laughs) as a uh, kick and punt returner. And obviously you, you're, you're curious to see how Nick Benito does his rookie year. He's another uh, kind of if he if he hits as a pass rusher, then he's definitely one of those guys that stands out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I feel like you've got some some genuine reasons for optimism with the Broncos for the first time in, in quite a few years. And a lot of it comes centered around Russell Wilson, who is not under 25, but he's gonna put a lot of these kids uh in, in a good position uh to be more successful. I mean, obviously the direct impact he'll have on Jerry Judy, Javante Williams. But then kind of the indirect impact you hope of, you know, Pat Sertan hopefully isn't going to have to be out there every 90 seconds after he heads to the sidelines. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Won't have to worry, excuse me, carry as, as large of a load uh, on the, on the defensive side, which you hope. Um, well, I tell you, he might, Pat Sertan might have to get out there if Montreal Washington keeps returning kicks 35 yards every <laughs> single time. The offense is going to score in three plays, and you're right, defense is right back out there getting their ass worn out. Same, same just, problem, but play less too much. pressure. Yeah. yeah. Same, same problem, but you're way happier about how you got there. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Um, all right. This is the DN. This is the Denver Sports Podcast. Uh, brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery. We also brought to you guys by our great friends over at DraftKings. We're talking best pros under 25, but if you are just looking for your best athletes under 25, college football is back. Uh, it's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. And to celebrate college football getting going again, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. Uh, you can also place the same game parlay for a shot and an even bigger payout, which are some of our favorites. Uh, just combine multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win and which team will score first. All that and way more. Secure, reliable, best of all, you can deposit and withdraw any time you want. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app, use that promo code DNVR and bet just $5 on college football. Get $200 in free bets instantly. Using that code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Uh, $5 minimum deposit and wager. $200 issue. Is, $200 is issued as eight $25 free bets. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And very professional here. Speaking of professional, AJ. No. <laughs> ah, you know what? It's it's not it's not smooth sack summer anymore. So I was gonna ask you if you were still participating, but it's not. It is fantasy football season though, and the fantasy football draft is right around the corner. <laughs> 
dude, these are incredible. CD Lamb is good, but but have you seen D's beautiful balls? It's time to get your snake looking right for this snake draft with the sponsors of today's show. They make Red it sound snake. like you whip this thing out during during your fantasy draft. My gosh, this is tremendous writing. I it's love the, this. It's the first day of the changeover, and it's just phenomenal. The leader in below-the-waist grooming have created a championship lineup with their performance package 4.0. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready to pick up, kick off by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code DNBR. That performance package 4.0, you get the lawnmower 4.0, the trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviving toner, performance boxers, and a travel bag. That's all in the performance package 4.0. Tom Brady didn't come out of retirement for you to have hairy balls. Slotted at quarterback, we have the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. The spaceship, this spaceship is here to guide you on a journey to trim your body, balls, and even your A gap. Lawnmower lawnmower 4.0 has a 4,000 kilowatt LED spotlight, which allows you to be as accurate as Bill Belichick with a challenge flag. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code DNVR at Manscaped. It's 20% off plus free shipping when you use that code dnbr at manshape.com it's time to put the pp back in ppr and get a grip on your pigskin this season with manscaped good for them man good my for god them. that's um that's truly i'm not even making fun that's awesome that's the, so the, good the cd lamb one this like seeing d's nuts like yeah that's not i mean I'm not, it's not i mean that was that was phenomenal that was my favorite Rudo transition ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was I, I, was uh, do you do you like do you guys like CDs? Well, if you're trying to CDs nuts, oh, dude. I still think about it every day. Yeah. I think about that transition. He just he. Uh, I hope I hope we have them back at some point on the Avs show this year because Rudo just always had the best super inconspicuous. Yeah, exactly, exactly like that. I've got I've got tons of them actually. I've been writing them for 6 months. I'm ready. We're just so manscaped for waiting for you back. Yeah. Defending Stanley Cup champs. That's right. Some great, some great reads. Uh Angel, let's get on to the Nuggets. Uh trying not to be biased to my beat here, but I think the Abs have the best uh highest end under 25 players, so we'll save them for I mean, last. Come on, objectively. <laughs> right. Uh, let's jump over to the Nuggets here. I'm going to start... Uh, you know, let's start with Bones. Yeah. He's let's fun. start with Bones. <laughs> Just he's because fun. he's fun. Yeah. My God, is this kid fun, dude. Um, is this someone who, AJ, in your opinion, is he just really fun or does he have that really high upside to go with it? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think he is a he's fun. He's energetic. Uh, he's easy to love. He's incredibly easy to root for. He's embraced being a Denver Nugget in in ways that you rarely see in Denver in Nuggets mm-hmm. history. Yeah. Uh, it's always been like one of those like, hey, I'm in the NBA. Okay, what what do you want from me? Um, you know, like a guy getting drafted by the Arizona Coyotes or the Detroit Lions, like. <laughs> I'm a pro, okay? I'm not going to be too upset about which city I'm in, but right. is this my ideal spot? No. Well, Bones Bones has always treated Denver like it's his second hometown. Um, yeah. And that's... Like where he wanted to be. Yeah, and I think that him building that connection with the fan base, I mean, that's... And it's real, too. It's not like a guy selling you a bill of goods. You know, you and I always joke about how phony Russell Wilson is and, <laughs> and like... Like, 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 whatever. Like, he's right. he's like a perfectly nice guy and all that. It's not like a yeah. bad thing. He just it's, comes it's across a as like PR thing that we exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like, he's <laughs> you're just like, all right, corny guy, we got it. Right. You know, like, don't you need to go to the ball and buy another pair of New Balances? Like, give me a break <laughs> with this. The grass stains uh, ears are getting a little thick. Yeah, like straight up, dude. Uh, yeah, you know, and the kind of guy that like tucks his jeans into his New Balances <laughs> when he goes. You know, has a Velcro wallet, that kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I'm I'm basically just mocking Steve Carell's character from Crazy Steve. <laughs> at this point. Uh, but no, like uh, that's like like Bones is genuine, and you could feel the enthusiasm. Yeah. Um, I I I hope that at some point in his career, he's he's able to be a starter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that it's going to be in Denver just because Jamal is here and he's got that point guard spot pretty pretty much on lock, and uh, I think that that's probably where like where they stay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Bones coming off the bench to be kind of you know the the microwave for him, you know the the Vinnie Johnson, the the Lou Williams, the Jamal Crawford, you know your your instant offense kind of guy. That's right. that's probably. Uh, I think that's probably the the future that that we're hoping for from Bones, and uh, that would be a great outcome, honestly, yeah. to get that caliber of player. Uh, it you need those guys, you know, a lot of bench units can't score points. Uh, that's why those guys aren't. That's why those guys aren't starters. There's a problem uh, with the Nuggets last year. Yeah, and having having a guy that could that can heat it up and get going like he can, where if if he gets he gets to feeling it, you know, he's a danger anytime he has the ball in his hands. So yeah. uh, if he can really round out the rest of his game, if he can fill out physically, he's real thin still. Yeah. Uh, and he's still coming right physically. He's only 21. So he's really young. Yeah. So he's got a lot of time to still fill out and, you know, really get the man strength to put on. And um, once, once that starts to happen, he fills out a little bit more. He gets a little more polished. His defensive game starts to round out a bit. Uh, I think I think you'll have a pretty good player on your hands, but when it comes to the upside, uh, it, certainly Bones is like like Bones. Bones has a chance to be an all-time fan favorite. Yeah, but uh, in terms of up there, in, in terms of impact players, like you're t- you're talking about a really good, likely bench player uh, if the Nuggets bottom out at some point in the future, which I can't see with Jokic. Like, as long as Jokic is. A nugget. I don't think there's any bottoming out. Yeah. Um. You know, of course, barring injury stuff, of course. Um. But it's. Uh. But bones. I. I just don't. I don't. I don't see it for bones. Yeah. No. It's. Uh. He's a fun guy. He's. You know. He's become a friend of the DNVR Nuggets pod. Uh, yeah. He's jumped on there a couple times. Uh. He's an awesome guy, and I. I think you nailed it perfectly. He's. Uh, he, he's great for the city and he's great for the nuggets. You know, we talked about it on this same show when it happened, you know, recently with uh, uh, Yumi and Dre talking about Jokic for the nuggets specifically. It's good to have good basketball stories and for, for the nuggets right in Denver. Uh, wow. The Jokic MVP was great for the nuggets. A guy like bones is fantastic for the nuggets in that franchise um, yeah. in, in this city. Um, you know, Talking about, we were just saying we don't know if he's quite that superstar level player under 25. The one, in my opinion, that does have that upside uh, for the Nuggets. Uh, if 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 he can stay healthy, if he can stay in the game, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, limited to just nine games last year with some injury stuff. Really weird injury stuff kind of coming down the stretch. Was he going to be in? Was he not? He's shooting around. He's taking warm-ups not in the game. Um, AJ, if MPJ can get back healthy and really kind of like start his career after, you know, kind of some false starts with some injury stuff in his first two, three years in the league. Yeah. I I mean, what are we looking at with this dude? Uh, I I mean, you're looking at like 80% of the player that Kevin Durant is. (laughs) Uh, You're talking, you're talking about a guy that can get a shot off from anywhere on the floor. Uh, is an elite shooter, um, has that has that kind of self confidence to take over a game on any moment. Dude, yeah. um, he's also he to, to add to it. He's also an elite rebounder. He's an exceptional rebounder, uh, and he's got great size. the The big thing again, he's he's still pretty young. Needs to fill out a little bit more. His defense is awful, so he's going to have to figure that part of the game out. Yeah. Um, especially because there he's you know. If he's playing, if he's playing at the three, and, and I know basket, the NBA has kind of turned into like positionless, right. but it does still matter where you're trying to, where you're trying to hide your worst defenders matters. Um, and yeah. and a guy like MPJ is still he's still a bad enough defender that teams are consistently attacking that guy. Now, if they're attacking him, 
uh, he's got the kind of length that he should be disruptive. You know, he's yeah. never going to be a he's not a natural shot blocker, so I don't think it's going to be anything like that. But uh, he should be a disruptive force if he can at least uh, figure out some of the defensive game and and start to understand rotations and and how teams attack him and what he needs to do in situations to give himself a chance to be successful on that end. Well, dude, uh, I mean, because... he's, he's a monster. He's six ten. Right, like physically, you're talking about a guy that, in theory, could be a dominant player here. Right, I mean a dominant NBA player, not right. like a, not like a. Well, oh, he could be good at this one or two. You know that he should, right. he he's got the kind of tools to be a dominant NBA player. Yeah. Um, I don't think I, I I don't know that he'll ever get to that, but right, if he can stay healthy and if he can even come close to 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 maxing out his potential, um. The, the Nuggets, uh, you have a really hard time believing that they're not they that they don't have a championship sometime in their future, because I think yeah. I I legitimately believe that he is the difference between Nikola Jokic bringing home a chip someday or not, yeah. um, in Denver because MPJ as that third banana as that high, as that high level that third star, yeah. um, his his potential is so high that he could surpass Jamal. As the second guy, uh, the second, mm-hmm. the second star, if we have to put him in a hierarchy, right? Um, he's got that kind of ability. So, uh, MPJ is absolutely one of those guys that you, you know, look, nobody, nobody on this list can touch Kale McCarr because of what Kale McCarr has already accomplished. Right. But ten years from now, if MPJ is able to stay healthy and he's able to have the kind of career, then we could we could be talking about. a very special player in Denver sports history. Right. And on this team has the ability to not only be a special player, but bring some special results. Uh, Again, it's just, it's been tough. It's been tough for MPJ back surgery. I believe it was in his draft year, right? Yeah. Um, Back surgery in his draft year. Part of that is why he fell to 14th where the nuggets were able to get him. Uh, instead of being available or, you know, instead of being taken at a much higher draft pick, which he probably would have been, had it not been for back surgery um, in, in his draft year, that probably scared some teams off. Uh, and then, yeah, whatever, whatever it was this year, you know, there were some conflicting reports late in the season about what exactly it was. that was keeping him out of games late. So I'm not going to get into speculation on that, but um, man, you really do just, you'd love to see him, get his health. I said, get his health taken care of, but that's not kind of out of his fucking control, you know, but, but just be able to stay healthy, be able to stay in games. Cause to your point, as good as he is, as much promise as he is, there are areas of his games that he needs to improve on, to reach that potential. And you got to play, you can't simulate game action for anything. Um, and so you hope he can get back. Uh, him not being in the lineup was a huge reason why the season went, as sideways as it did for the Nuggets, uh, especially once they got into the postseason, um, they need they need a guy like him uh, to, to to be in the lineup uh, if if they've got legitimate championship aspirations uh, here in the next few years. He's he's that good. Anyone else for the Nuggets that uh, jumps out to you, or is it is it Bones and MPJ under twenty five? No, I mean like Zeke Naji, uh, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson. Like we'll we'll see what those guys become. Be, but uh, really, like even even Bones, if Bones wasn't a fan favorite, we wouldn't be talking about him. Yeah. Um, yeah. but MPJ, uh, MPJ has a chance to be that dude. Yeah. Hey, you know what? He's he's making just shy of thirty-one million dollars. He better be that dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I think that's the that's the frustrating part, right? Is like we've seen him on nights be that dude. Like we've seen the flashes of it already, even in the first two, three years injury riddled. Uh, like we've seen the flashes where M- MPJ can be. Yeah. Um, and go, and go back and watch the best NBA games that that guy's had. And you're like, so you're telling me we could get that six out of every seven nights. Huh? If, if this goes well, if he continues to figure it out, I'm like, holy yeah. smokes, the guy is, the guy is up just an absolute beast waiting to be. Yeah. And then, like I said, at 6'10", that's even big for the NBA. Like, <laughs> in a league where everybody's huge, 6'10 is still yeah. 
really good size. Um, AJ, I'll be fully honest. I didn't have a Rockies name. Who do you have <laughs> for the Rockies? So I've got a couple of guys. Um, okay. And really, like, they're not – they're so – uh, he just got to the Rockies recently, but Eloris Montero, who's one of the headliners of the uh, Nolan Arenado deal, uh, has kind of had the year that and, and is starting to tap into the potential I thought he had when they got him. Big time power hitter. Where he's going to play in the field is still a big question mark because he's not a very good fielder. Um, but he is, uh, he and I actually share the same birthday, which I literally just learned. Um, so obviously that makes him awesome because go Leo's. Yep, but uh, he's he could be uh, a a real player for them. He's got the kind of uh, power profile. Um, if he adjusts to MLB pitching, and you know he between first base, third base, and DH, he should be able to move around enough in the lineup to be in there pretty much every day. Um, he could be he could be a big time power hitter for them uh, at one of the premier power positions. Uh, I I don't know that. All star, I don't know, but I think everyday guy for sure for for Eloris Montero. Also, he's not the two guys that have not hit the show yet, but one of them will this year. Uh, Ezekiel Tovar, he was a guy that coming into the preseason, I had as uh, I would have had him in the top hundred prospects in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the people who actually get paid to do this didn't, but all of them freaking do now. Yeah. Uh, the thing about the thing about Ezekiel Tovar is that he's uh, his success has come at such a high level every single year. You're talking about a guy; he is 20 years old, and he hit 300 in Double A Hartford this year. Uh, he's he is already a high end uh, defender at shortstop, which is one of the premier defensive positions in baseball. Uh, and if that bat will tra- can translate and he can get any kind of power because he had 13 home runs for Hartford this year. And I know that that's uh, a home run friendly ballpark, but when you OPS of the 932 level, uh, again, as a 20 year old before you have right. physically filled out, you're, you're talking about, this is not just a guy where you're like, Oh, he could be an everyday fielder for you. You're talking about a guy that could be an all-star yeah, mm-hmm. in the big leagues. A legit yeah. all-star shortstop uh, that that is an actual like like you're not missing Trevor Story anymore, kind of mm-hmm. kind of thing. Where yep, should they? Of course they should have traded him and blah 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 blah. But in terms of replacing him with a productive player, Tovar has the kind of potential. He's not even the only he's not even the only high-end shortstop that they have in the system. They've got two, and well, Brendan Rodgers is sitting old. and Brendan Rodgers is sitting at second base right now. Who was drafted as a shortstop, and you could probably put him back there pretty comfortably, given the defensive year that he's had at second base, where he's been one of the best defensive fielders at that position. But he's 26, which surprised me when I actually went and looked it up for this list. Yeah. Um, but anyway, those are the guys. Uh, those are two guys. Uh, Zach Veen, obviously, he was drafted top 10 uh, two years ago, and all he's done is destroy the minor leagues. Um, he looks like he looks like he could be a star outfielder for the Rockies in a couple of years too. So, you've got some guys all of a sudden. And a year ago, nobody thought anything of the Rockies system. And a year later, they've got five guys in the top hundred, and all five guys were guys who were in the system a year ago. So they're having big, big breakouts right now. Where you're really, really, really hoping. Uh, when when the Rockies drafted Drew Romo, I said on the draft show that day he was going to be the best catcher in Rockies history. It wasn't that big of a leap because the Rockies have never had a good catcher. Ever. <laughs> but it was it was a bold statement because high school catchers are one of the highest bust rate profiles in all of the baseball draft. And especially especially defense first guys like Romo. But Romo has been excellent. So I feel bad leaving him out of this, this little like prospect fest that I'm having here. But uh, he's also a guy to watch. ETA on all these guys is the next two years. Uh, Tovar should actually debut at the end of this year. Montero's already in the bigs right now, uh, having himself quite a, quite a good time, um, being very, very productive in the last month. Obviously, lots of guys in, in have had good months in, in baseball history. It's on him to keep it going, but a very encouraging overall season from Eloris Montero. 
Um, yeah. And you throw in Tovar, who could be a legit superstar, and Zach Veen, who, ha, that guy, he's, he's, he's a lot of fun to watch in minor league baseball. Um, you, you've got some guys for the Rockies that it's fair to, it's, it's okay to dream on these guys, but I would understand if you're like, wow, prospects, Adrian, fun. Sounds like the Rockies. Make... It's fine. I, I won't even make the joke about them trading all of them once they become all-stars. Um, yeah, well, last... I mean, obviously. <laughs> last question on the Rockies. Do you feel like – is this maybe the most confident you felt in their system ever in the last 10 years? Uh, or, or have the, we seen this before? The, the really big problem here is that they're lacking – if you go through their top 10 prospects, okay – like if you go to if you go to Baseball America and you look up their their recent list of top ten prospects, mm-hmm. you're going down it and you're like, oh my gosh, look at all these guys. This is great, man. There are in their top ten, there are nine position players and one pitcher. And the one pitcher was the guy that they just drafted tenth, who was a big time overdraft because they were desperate for a college arm. He was not a guy that's viewed as a guy that has a lot of high, well, really high upside. He's viewed as a mid mid rotation. He's going to be a number three guy if he maxes out and really like lives up to the to the to his potential. Doesn't have that kind of special arm. Not an ace. Not a game breaker. Like good solid MLB pitcher uh, that you can get into your rotation and and will be more than just a depth guy for you, but not the front front of the rotation guy. That's what they don't have. And when you look at the MLB ranks, you're like, look, they just gave a bunch of money to Senzatella, Freeland, and Marquez. So those guys, those guys really just need to live up to it. They're they're trying to get out of that rotation, out of those guys. They're trying to extend into this next window of these guys that are all coming. But when you look at their system, it is not it is not special with arms. Yeah. Uh, now I'm I'm I, I just count the top ten. But if you do go beyond that, uh, 11, 12, and 15, and 16 uh, are all pitchers. Like, basically 11 through 20, the majority of their guys are pitchers. So there are some guys in that system that there's hope for. But right now, the high end is severely lacking. Of course, we said the same thing about their position players a year ago. Right. So Those you give them a year and we'll see how it goes. But um, for right now, there's some upside. There's more upside than than a lot of people would have you believe uh, for the Rockies because it's the Rockies and nobody wants to be excited about them. Everybody just wants to continue being mad, which I get. Which is understandable. Uh, all right. Last but certainly not least, this brings us to the Colorado Avalanche, which it's so funny because – this team is fresh off of the Stanley Cup championship almost two months ago to the day, two months tomorrow. And yet they probably have the most, like if we had another 30 minutes, we could go five players deep on this list for the abs. Uh, all talking about players that are under 25 that have the ability, have the potential to be impact uh, players. I've got, Two and a half specifically pegged out for this conversation. Um, is the half Alex Newhook? The half is Miko Rantanen because he's 25. So if this is like okay. 25 and under, he fits. But if this is under 25, then he does not. Okay. Obviously. So that's that's my half. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, but you mentioned Kale McCarr earlier. We'll do him last. Uh, Bowen Byram is my other one at 21 years old. Uh, yeah, I have said this before. Um, I've called my shot on this very pod, actually, on TDSP. <laughs> um, but I think Bowen Byram is going to be a Hall of Fame caliber defenseman. Uh, I think that he's got the extreme... Uh, I think he's got the ability to be uh, one of the very best defensemen, two-way defensemen, too. Um, his defense is already excellent. Yeah. I, I think his defense is probably in zone defense is probably already better than McCars is. Mm-hmm. Uh, his transition game isn't as good. I mean, whose is though? <laughs> and 
uh, and his ability on his offense is coming around very nicely. And you could have had you could have had five goals. He he didn't score any goals in the postseason. Could have easily had five because he kept two smoking posts, the post. Two posts that I can think of like just off the top of my head without even like committing any brain power to it. Well, oh, I'm curious if they're the same. Which ones? Uh, it was the overtime in uh, was it Tampa? Game five. Yep. Game five in uh, Tampa. No. Or game four in Tampa. Sorry. Game four in Tampa, and then there was the one against Edmonton. Okay. There was also there was one against St. Louis too. Yeah, St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, also overtime on that one, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, look, yeah. that backhand in Game Four in Tampa Bay, I thought was in. I thought it was in. Yeah, I like was I was like, I was like, they're gonna review this, and that puck's gonna be in. Um, uh. he's also the one. He's the only one on the ice. That knew both Nazem Kadri <laughs> yeah. and Andre Burakovsky's goals went in in separate games. Uh, he was the constant in both those uh, scenarios. But I mean, look, like the abs, and we actually just talked about this very trade on the DNBR Avalanche show earlier today. Yeah. So go listen to that if you want a little bit more backstory. But like the abs didn't get Bowen Byram through traditional means. The fact that they have two defensemen really 23 and under um, that have hall of fame upside. It's, it's a huge stroke of luck uh, from, from a trade and, and a couple of good drafts. But I mean, I'm with you, man. Like just what we saw from Byram this last year, even with the concussion stuff, keeping him out for part of the year, if he can stay healthy, I mean, this, this kid to me looks like a legitimate number one defenseman type upside guy. Yeah. And to be honest, if he was in any other organization outside of Colorado, uh, I would say Colorado, uh, maybe Buffalo, maybe Dallas, uh, maybe Detroit. We would be he would be uh, uh, the Rangers, Vancouver. Those would those would all, outside of those organizations that all feel like they've got number one guys. Mm-hmm. Um, they would he he would be getting that kind of hype nationally. Yeah. As like like because imagine if Chicago had done the smart thing and taken him over Kirby Doc, <laughs> uh, he right. would be leading. I mean, he'd be paired with Seth Jones, and he'd be leading the rebuild right now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he'd probably, probably have an A on his sweater. You know, you're right. Like, and who knows how different the last couple of years might have gone for him? You know, with no concussion issues and. You know, he was there getting huge minutes and being a stud, and maybe yeah. they decide not to tear it all down and, and do what they've done because they've got a foundational piece like a Byram. You right. know, he he's that he's just that kind of guy. Uh he is he's he's a very I think he has a I I'm all in on him as a very, very special player. Yeah, it's you know, a good size too, six one. So he's yeah. got he's got a little bit of size on McCarr. Both um, both he and Makar, they don't it's it's not a major staple of their game, but each of those right. guys will will lay you out if yeah. you if you give them an opportunity, they don't they're not shy about it. No, heavy, hard hits. And that's one of my favorite things about Byram is he does have a little edge to his game. He likes to mix it up uh after the whistles. Uh, you know, the quote that you put out on Twitter, you know, he I mean he's constantly chirping at guys, the the dude from juniors. Yeah. Um you know, nine to five, baby. Yeah, <laughs> he he does like he likes that stuff. Gets him into the game. He's like a little bit like Nazem Kadri in that in that sense. That's I'm not comparing those two players, but like you know, he's just got that edge where he likes to be involved. And for a 21 year old kid, it's impressive. Um, yeah, and when you do remember what he's been through already, and. Mm-hmm just the way that he's bounced back and the way that he has responded in big moments. I mean, Devon Taves is top human, but Bowen Byram was arguably on the same level as Devon Taves in the Stanley cup final. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And, and then the maturity as well. And I think this is part of what you're, you're alluding to, you know, he told us this last year that he thought about, he, he had conversations with his, you know, his family advisors, their agents, his parents, about, you know what, just shut it down for the year and we'll try again next year. But he decided, no, like, I want to be a part of this. This is something special and I want to work to get back. Um, be really easy for him to have said, take the year off and we'll see what happens next year. 
uh, again, for a 21 year old kid to put in the work that he did to get back uh, and make the impact that he did in the playoffs. Uh, I agree with you. I think he was right up there with their, uh, among some of their best. A uh, couple quick honorable mentions. Uh, like we said, Miko Rantanen at 25 years old. Uh, I mean, bona fide superstar, uh, elite forward in the NHL. Um, Alex Newhook, another 21-year-old kid. The Avs have big expectations for. Hope he can kind of come along. Sam Girardi mentioned earlier, uh, you know, a staple in this defensive group, 24 years old. Uh, AJ, it really is like it's just, you know, Ben Myers, 23 a uh, kid that they're expecting to play a big role in the bottom half of their lineup. Uh, it is just impressive that we, we've now gone through the four major teams uh, in Colorado, and it's somehow the team coming off of defending a championship uh, seems like they're the most stocked in the cupboards uh, in terms of youth. Uh, not mentioned, uh, but 24 years old, Sam Gerrard. Yeah. Like, he's also on this list mm-hmm. of uh, – and and, like – Deserves to be on this list ahead of Alex Newhook, who still hasn't. Yeah, Gerard is more, a more proven NHL player at this point than Newhook is. Absolutely, we'll, yeah. see, we'll see where Newhook's career goes. You and I are both believers that it could be mm-hmm. he could have a pretty good one ahead of him uh, and be a second line guy. But yeah, I mean, how this, many... I mean, we're we're talking about like five guys here. <laughs> I'll say how many teams, and it's it's a relatively small pool. I'm not like trying to like dunk on the league here. But, like there there are what a half dozen to a dozen teams where Sam Gerrard's probably a first pairing guy. Yeah, absolutely. Half dozen to a dozen, um, yeah. you know, 10 in that range. And, yeah. and and that's a guy that, like you said, is kind of an afterthought for us at 24 years old. Um, it's, it's just crazy. Um, let's round this out. We'll get out of here for the day. We are going to talk about Kale McCarr here. Um, yeah. And the reason that we bring him to last is because there's honestly the least amount to say because He's got hardware that speaks for him. Right. Let me. Let All me, right. So let me just at twenty. Let's even. We'll even not not do the the international or, or collegiate stuff. Uh, he's a, he was a, a first team all rookie, Calder Trophy for rookie of the year. Uh, two a two time, three seasons, two time uh, first team NHL All Star, a Norris Trophy for the league's top defenseman, a Stanley Cup and a con Smythe as the playoff MVP. Uh, and like I said, that's before you even talk about any of his international or collegiate awards, which collegiate, he got everything but a national championship there as well, which he yep. came one goal shy of. Run, runner <laughs> up, which <laughs> by the way, a runner up at a program that won four games the year before he showed up. Yeah. yeah. So in I, two I mean, years, almost... they went from four ga- winning four games to – a runner-up in the natty. Now, that's not all Kale McCarr, obviously. Guys like John Leonard and Mario Ferraro had plenty to do with it. Guys who got drafted and are in the NHL. But the fact that Kale McCarr, everywhere he's gone, um, come on. (laughs) One of my my favorite uh, little features on Elite Prospects, which is one of the NHL's go-to websites. um, You go to Elite Prospects, you search for a player, and they have uh, a highlights section, which just shows their heart, like the hardware, the the trophies and yeah. stuff that they've won in their career. For twenty three year old kid, and, and this counts their college career, this counts international career. Uh, his highlights thing is already full. Yeah, <laughs> it's he's got he's got twelve things in here, going back to his junior career. In the AJHL. Because 23, yeah, 23 years old. He has a gold medal in the WJCs. He won the AJHL championship twice. He was a a first team All American in in college. Uh, He won, he was a, a, UMass won the Hockey East championship. He won the Hobie Baker as top college player. He was on the NHL All Rookie team. He's won the, as you mentioned, the Doris Trophy. He's been a two-time first-team All-Star, the Calder, a Stanley Cup, a Conn Smythe, and then oh, by the way, he was also back when he won the gold medal. He was on the WJC All-Star team. <laughs> he has put together the kind of profile where, if he never played another second, 
you could argue for him in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Seriously. Because, because this is an important distinction with the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's not the NHL. Yeah. It is the Hockey Hall of Fame where all can all accomplishments are considered. If he never played again, Kale McCarr, you could say, had one of the one of the great young careers of all time. Mm-hmm. What he's already what he has already accomplished is the stuff of legend. I mean, you look yeah. at you look at that hardware and look, uh, it's hard to win those things. Maybe he doesn't ever win another Norris. Maybe he only wins one or two more. Maybe he doesn't ever win another Stanley Cup. He probably doesn't win another Conn Smythe. But you don't know. Right. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he joins Patrick Waugh as the only three-time Conn Smythe winner. Seriously. It's well, just not. And and all of that that you just listed doesn't even mention or touch uh, individual records that he's either already set, tied, you know, broken at the NHL level, whether it be... Uh, for the Colorado avalanche franchise in terms of points by a defenseman in a season and a game goals. I, I know he's got a couple uh, again, kind of more specific records, but the fact that Kale McCarr already has his name all over the record book at 23, um, even if they are a little bit more niche, it's just, it's just more accolades on top of everything that you just listed there, AJ. Um where if just, he if he has the year that he had last year, just repeats it, had, puts up the same number of points, he will finish the year third in all-time Avalanche defenseman <laughs> scoring. He will be third on that list, and he will be uh, within striking distance. Uh, he would pa- he would then pass both Lyles and Barry the next year in twenty three twenty four. So by his fifth NHL season, he is likely to become the Avs' all-time scoring leader for defensemen. Now, I know that that's – it's not a – Tyson Berry is the guy at 307 points, so it's not – and it's not a very high number for, for right. a franchise record. But the fact that you're talking about a guy that will have done it in four and a half years, right? it will, well, probably, I- it will probably take him under five seasons to become that guy. And, and the other thing, too, that I, I, I loved pointing out to people this year, this was his first full season. Each of his first two were shortened by COVID. Yeah. His first full season, he had some injury stuff that kept him to only 57 games, plus the COVID uh, stoppage, about 10 games shy. Uh, and then uh, last year, or I guess now two years ago, was obviously the, the pre-scheduled shortened season uh, due to COVID. So this last year was the first year that he had a full 82 game NHL schedule, which kind of just the point that you're making there. Yeah. It's not an ultra high bar, but given that he'll, he, he has the potential to do it in so few time. And then you factor in, it's a short time made even shorter. Um, it is just that much more impressive for the record. He's only five points behind Sanders Ozelinch for highest scoring defenseman in abs history in the postseason. <laughs> He'll probably pass it in their first round series next year. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah, I, I mean, look, there's a lot of really good players on, on these on this list that we talked about today. Uh, all of them are trying to get to the level that that Kale McCarr uh, is is already at. All the stuff that he's already achieved. Um, it, it's awesome that there are this many players under 25 that we can talk about this uh, in Denver, but. Kale McCarr is the cream of the crop. Really, as great as a lot of these players are, no one can really touch him right now. Um, I guess maybe Byram's the closest because he also has a Stanley Cup. But For the record, <laughs> out of curiosity, I looked it up. Um, players, uh, defensemen who have played at least 50 postseason games, uh, Kale McCarr's points per game is second all-time behind Bobby Orr. You say it's got to be Bobby Orr, right? Yeah. I mean, look, that's the comparison. That's the comparison everyone wants to make is this guy is basically Bobby Orr of the 2020s. So um, if, if you're getting that comparison, doing some things right. Yeah, he's already in the top 50 uh, all time in defenseman scoring in the postseason. So. <laughs> that's so crazy. That's so crazy. Uh, in the postseason where it matters, uh, wore, wore a letter. Uh, on his jersey for the abs at multiple points this year. So he's a, he's a leader yeah. off the ice as well. 
where I mean we say where it where it matters, but also where you get the the lowest guarantee of uh, games played. Yeah, because you your team has to be successful in order for you to have the games to climb a list like that. The mm-hmm. fact that he's twenty three years old and he's forty sixth all time in defenseman scoring in the playoffs. Uh, there's that guy. You fast forward one year if they go, they make another deep run. He could be. Uh, he could be top 25 by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Like there's yeah. a chance that fast forward one year from today, he's a top 25 postseason defenseman in scoring ever. hundred plus year history of the NHL. Right. Uh, at at age mean, 24. Like, <laughs> and he, he, and he'll be on this show next year <laughs> and we'll still be talking about him on this. You're right. He'll be year. on this exact show next year. And we'll have to like, Knock Sam Gerrard off right. <laughs> and be like, well, I mean, Kale McCarr's dominance in this category just got bigger. <laughs> His list of accolades somehow grew. Um, yeah. AJ, uh, let's get he, out of here. He needs, to, he needs to win a heart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, dude, if he does that, that's like, you're, you're talking about like the greatest under 25 player of all time. Yeah. I mean, you're, if he wins a heart, he becomes the first defenseman to win the heart since Chris Pronger in 2001. Jeez. So, it's become very hard for a defenseman to win it. Yeah. Uh, if there's anyone that can, though, you know, we talk about it every year. You have a couple of awards. You have a couple of awards where it's just like, yeah, it's this guy's. It's this guy's turn. I have already heard some national media buzz about Kale McCarr for Hart. If he comes out and has a has you know a similar season to this year, uh, I, I think you're going to have a lot of a lot of people who want to get it uh, want to get it for him. Writers, which. Again, maybe that's a reason why we shouldn't be voting on it because you have a bunch of national writers all hyped to give Kel McCarr a heart. Yeah. Um, AJ, uh, appreciate you doing this, with me, man. Like, like I said off the top, we uh, we had some some folks plan to come in with us, but there's all kinds of great things going on at DNVR. We're in Serbia. We got folks down in Arizona doing stuff. We got folks uh, all over the country getting things done for us. So uh, AJ and I pulled together for you guys to make sure we got this one out. Uh, so AJ, I appreciate you. Shout out to Marissa for running the board for us. She's been running our board now for the last like two and a half hours between this show and the last one. Uh, so we're going to let her go, but big shout out to her for uh, helping us out while we are stretched so thin at work with producers and stuff. Uh, so yeah, big shout out to Marissa for AJ Marissa. I'm Jesse Montano. This is the Denver sports podcast brought to you by Breckenridge brewery. We'll talk to you guys next week. 